Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome, welcome to the Lazy Geeks Podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network, our weekly news podcast that discuss news of the past week. And this is for the week of January 22nd, 2017. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. And uh, just keep in mind, last week I dropped uh, the episode on a Tuesday. Uh, this week, it's going to be the new pattern now. It's uh, It's not necessarily, you know, like, our recording schedule or anything we're still recording on a sunday but it's just on my end i have to edit the show and with my work schedule it it i'm always barely creeping by on getting a decent amount of sleep and doing the show so i just said fuck it i'm gonna do it on tuesday and then so monday i can come home spend some time and do it and not feel the time pressure and make the show sound as beautiful as it should be <laughs> um so you know uh so that's that's from here on out the the Lazy Geek shows will always come out on Tuesday, and uh, but we'll still have the other shows on Friday. So, with that in mind, um, oh, so I went to see uh, uh, that uh, rescreening of Tron, the original Tron from 1982 on uh, Friday. Um, it's the same group that put together the one that I uh, saw on for Die Hard back in uh, in December. So that it was it was pretty cool. Uh, but it was funny because like uh, uh, it was a it was basically like a, a DVD that they played, and uh, I was I was remember watching it and, and so they basically just put a DVD on there kind of, <laughs> but uh, seeing it on the big screen actually was really nice though. Um, but the thing was is I was like everybody was kind of like wow like the opening graphics where all the little Tetris pieces come flying to make the logo Tron. I was, yeah, I was like. It looks pretty good, even though it's like not really like a remaster or anything like that. But it's you know it's it was fun to watch, and you're watching with a bunch of people and stuff like that. <clears throat> but on um, 
Valentine's Day, they're doing the Nerds Like Us is the is the group. So if you guys like to see old movies back on a big screen, and it's at the Vista in um, in uh, L.A. It's uh, um, it's by the Kaiser down there on uh, Sunset in Vermont, and uh, or the Children's Hospital or the Children's Ho as the sign was lit up on uh, Friday. <laughs> We're standing in line outside. It was fucking cold too, and uh, it just like we just had a big storm that night or that day. And then, like, the clouds disappeared, so it got fucking cold quick. But we're standing there, and, and Amador and I look up, and we're like, the children's hoe. Well, at least they're honest, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, nerds like us, if you follow them on Facebook, you get, to see, you get to see shows like that. For Valentine's Day, they're doing The Fifth Element. And uh, I didn't realize it, but I was like, oh, that's, more, that's about a month away. They were already sold out of their Friday show, that they added a Saturday show, too, so... If you want to see the fifth element on the big screen, uh, that's that's slated for uh, for Valentine's weekend, and uh, they mentioned in there that they want to do the last Starfighter for um, on there. They didn't say when, but I was like, oh, I am so down to see the last Starfighter. Yeah, hell yeah, because <laughs> that's really every gamer's dream, you know. <clears throat> you'd be part, you'd be super good at a game, and then you're like. That was just a test. Now you get to save a whole species, a whole race of. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yes. Um, so that was a lot of fun, and uh, um, also, uh, there, if you're if you are down there to check out something, it's at the Vista. They play, you know, it's it's an old school theater. Like they show one movie. That's all they show. And uh, but if you're ever down there to check them out, there's a restaurant across the street called the Sit Down Italian Restaurant total mom and pop place like we like we were looking for a place to go and we're like oh, let's just go there you know it's italian probably get pizza or something like that the menu is fucking ridiculous like every possible thing you could imagine they have a 12 inch lasagna calzone my friend peter and um and a friend of his got that i looked at that and i was like holy fuck like that thing was huge <laughs> um portions are great the food is great the, like the guy goes hey yeah you know have you guys been here before he gives us the whole history of the restaurant you know, total mom and pop Italian restaurant. You go into this place. This was funny too, because like we go in, and I don't know if you, if any of you guys have ever been to like a store or a restaurant in L.A. or Hollywood or something. They're usually really small. You know, unless they're right. a huge chain, they're they're really small. We go in there, and there's basically like oh I don't know maybe about ten tables inside. You see the kitchen, and then they have a small patio. So we go in there. And we're like you know how many? We're like seven. And the look of horror on all of their faces, like holy fuck, like. This guy doesn't have seven friends. What the fuck, you know? Uh, <laughs> they're like, okay, would you guys to sit on the patio? And we kind of look out at the patio near the street and we're like, okay. Like, I don't know how you're going to get seven of us on that patio. And then they start, and I go, yeah, they're probably going to throw us in the back alley and just put up a table and like, here, here you go. Right. And, and then they, they go, okay, follow me. They start walking us towards the back. We pass the kitchen, go back through this, like the little like cleaning area and then like a refrigerator. We're like, I was like, I was just fucking kidding. And we go out and they do have a patio, like a full back patio, um, like uh, uh, picnic benches and like little tables with space heaters around and stuff like that. Actually really nice. Like we were like, oh, I didn't realize they had this whole, and there was like a lot of people back there. So it was a cool little place. The only thing that was a bummer was that, you know, picnic table. Cause you know, you get a little tired of sitting on those things. <laughs> Um, but there is a little wait for Yeah, picnic tables are only 
comfortable for a little bit. Yeah. And then you're like, okay. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's go and walk or something like that. But uh, there was a little time for the food, but the food, was, it was well worth it. You know, they had a lot like linguine and clams and um, like I had chicken parmesan. Uh, my brother had ravioli with meat sauce and like the portions were generous. It was really good food. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going back there again. So we were like going, oh, if we come here for the last Star Friday, we're definitely hitting here for dinner. <laughs> um, and actually, was the pricing wasn't bad because for seven people, 150 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So, um, but it was it was a cool night. Um, I definitely definitely recommend you guys if you guys out there, you know, uh, want to see some movies on the big screen. Definitely check out Nerds Like Us because they're always playing some cool nerdy films. Um, so, yeah. Um, so speaking of nerdy films, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> dude, that Power Rangers the new trailer looks dope as fuck. I was really surprised with it because I I actually saw the new Logan trailer first, and then I was like, oh yeah, the Power Rangers one came out. So then I was like, ah, I'll check it out. And afterwards, I was like, oh okay, that looks actually looks kind of interesting. Right. That chick though. That chick is fine, and then okay. fucking. Um, but no, I'm not even tripping on chick. Fuck that chick. I'm talking about <laughs> Zordon look dope as fuck. That little robot dude, I can't remember his uh his damn name. I think Bill, I can't believe it. I was just gonna say I think Bill Hader's playing his voice. I can't believe he's they even put him in the movie. Like he looks like the same a, as the show. Like it was. I know any that's different. a character. That's a character you would have thought they would have cut. Right. Like ah, oh, you know, whatever. It would just take him out. Nah, man, he's in there fucking holding it down. Dude, that whole thing was dope. And then Elizabeth Banks says, um, what's her name? The, the witch. Um, oh, shit. Rita. Mm. Rita Repulsa. Kind of hot in that outfit, too. I'm just saying. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But that pink yeah, was. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. She still ain't as hot as the original pink range. I'm going to say it right now. Uh, <laughs> well, she's in Canada now, from what I hear. Who's in Canada? The Pink Ranger. Oh, well, we've lost one. It's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I checked out. If you guys haven't checked out the trailer, we have it on a playlist on the Lazy Geeks uh, YouTube page. So you can check it out there. Um, but yeah, it actually looks pretty cool. I was actually like, going, okay, this seems actually a little. It didn't seem as cheesy as the first one did. Because I think the first one kind of was like, okay, let's get the Power Ranger fans. Now we're kind of seeing like, okay, you know, this, this actually might look a little cooler because, you know, let's face it, the original one is a bit cheesy. But Hey, the original one is a fucking classic, <laughs> right? Don't hear that cheesy shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I finally got to play a little bit of Battlefield 1 yesterday. Oh, yeah, man. <sighs> God, that shit, like... It's funny because like you're sitting there ready to skeet and then you're like, oh shit, I got to play this. You know, it, right. <laughs> it's like you're, edg- I was, I was you're- too busy skating. <laughs> it's like you're edging like the entire, the entire way through. Um, I mean, I only played an hour of it, so obviously I didn't get very far. I mean, right now I was just a, a tank commander or tank driver and gunner. This shit's ridiculous. Like, I mean, if you've obviously, if you've played, you know, any battlefield game, it, it's always intense. Like, it doesn't give you a whole lot of time to breathe. It's not a Call of Duty game, which is why I, I prefer the Battlefield games over the Call of Duty games. Um, but, uh, God, just the graphics alone and just 
the environment and just kind of it, it really the fog of war and everything there's really nothing nothing glamorous about it because that's one of the things like that call of duty always kind of does is it makes you feel like macho american kind of you know you know yeah, yeah battlefields battlefields always been that like it feels like you're in a horrible fucking situation right and, and you feel triumphant if you win right. but <laughs> but it, but it, the funny thing is is you're like yes it's that relief that you made it so it's it's not yeah. it's not necessarily of like the yeah fuck america fuck yeah you know that kind of thing America, kick it down doors, bitches. <laughs> America, kicking down doors since 1776, bitch. Motherfucker. <laughs> and so it, it's it, it's funny too, because like when you're doing the when you're doing the opening, and then for those of you that haven't played it, um, when you're doing the opening, like you play a little bit of these characters that you're going to be playing later, and you see like their name and like live and die, you know their birth and and uh, and death date on there and you're getting these things where you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to be killed but the thing is is that the the voiceover that that tells you about world war one and and just the way this game is and it's like it was the war to end all wars but it ended nothing and it just really kind of gives you like this is real shit like this isn't you know shit that we just you know made up this is like real hardcore shit so yeah i mean especially like when you're playing with the tank and you fire one you got to wait for the guy to reload and then fire again you know so right it, it's it's pretty fucking intense like I, I i was digging it so i plan to play some more later um some more on this week but it was nice to actually finally sit down and like, like fuck it i'm gonna play some i'm gonna play something because like, like it was funny because like the when i was with some friends uh my friend peter who if you guys had listened to the uh uh the just another podcast from last year he's the one that uh we had uh, the discussion about batman versus superman uh we were talking about how we're so behind on games like just the stack of shit that's just there and he was and um our uh a friend of his was like was it really that much of a commitment to play a game and we're like yeah kind of is because you're gonna pick a game you're gonna want to play it until either you finish or rage quit right <laughs> you know, it's one of those nine times out of ten it's a rage quit before you actually f- and then you finish it eventually but like, fuck this game <laughs> <laughs> I fuck you i'm done with this shit <laughs> so yeah but um but yeah i'm i'm really i'm really ready to um play this against or play some more of this because i got the uh that um battlefield one titanfall edition you know the two-pack so yeah, that's gonna be fun. So I'll uh, after I play a little bit of this, either finish or rage quit. I'll go on to Titanfall and see how that is. So um, yeah. So I guess on that note, we uh, why don't we just jump into our one awesome thing? So my one awesome thing for this week is the Red Band trailer for Logan. Um, that movie looks so dope. Oh my god, it looks sick as shit. Uh, cause like the first, the teaser trailer, we got that, that Johnny Cash, you know, uh, that kind of sets the tone. This one here, the Red Band trailer was really like, there's going to be some blood and guts in this. Right. Like, and that little, that little girl as fucking X-23, dude, she, she ain't about, she ain't about the play, which is, <laughs> it was really kind of. She's about that life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one shot where the guy, you know, where she, she, they send in a guy to go get her and then you hear him scream and shoot and then she comes walking out with the handcuffs in her hand. And, yeah. Uh, 
and then she, the claws start to come. The the claws start to come out, and the guy's like, "No, no, no!" Like you're like he's trying to tell a pet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it looks it looks fucking ridiculous. I am super excited for this. And there was like some report coming around that this actually isn't in the main X Men universe. That's what I've heard too. Yeah, which, I think they're trying to separate Logan from it. Yeah. Um. Which makes sense. Right. And especially if you're going to, because it makes sense because if he's leaving, you don't want to tie your character down to a destiny, you know? Like, we already seen right. how he dies. So if they bring in a new Logan in uh, in the X-Men movies or New Mutants or whatever it is the fuck they're doing, you don't want to tie him down. You kind of want to leave it open. So it makes sense. But even Old Man Logan wasn't in the main X-Men universe either. No. Yeah. So it was a one-off. Yeah. It was like a mini series, which is cool. So, that, it, to me, that's kind of cool because I think people that complain about like, well, it doesn't fit in. You, fuck you. Shut up. Neither did the comic. You know, right. it's like it's the one-offs don't happen anymore. Spider-Man has so many one-offs, it's ridiculous. So it's like, come on, come on. What are you doing? Come on. Come on. <laughs> get, yeah, your, get your head out of your ass, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, and also the 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 Red Band Logan trailer is also on our on the playlist for the uh uh Lazy Geeks YouTube page. But it looks fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I'm so so psyched for this. So dope. So dope, dude. Like I'm um I'm I'm really excited. I, I I'm going to catch this one in the uh in the theater and and the the x-men movies lately like i'll watch them i actually haven't seen the latest one but i i don't go see them in the theater because it's just i don't know i they don't excite me that much yeah, that's the thing like, but um, like, this last one apocalypse didn't excite me like everyone told me it, it's entertaining if you take it for that it's like entertaining i really really liked days of future past i really liked yeah that was that a good one. movie yeah that one and i liked the the reboot the first class um but Days of Future Past kind of felt like their empire, and then yeah. and then it kind of just like the last one just didn't intrigue me at all. I don't know. It's and it's weird because it should have. Yeah. Because it's fucking apocalypse. You right. know what I mean? Like it should have been great, but I don't know. Everything I saw on it, I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll see it when I see it. Right. <laughs> but this Logan, though, I want to see that Logan. Oh, yeah. There's too many movies coming out. This oh, year, this year, though. this year, I gotta say, so I gotta okay. have a, I have a checking account for movies. I know. <laughs> I gotta budget this out. <laughs> I was thinking about putting them on the calendar so I can know they're coming. Remember, remember when you did that uh, that um, that budget for like the comics? You were gonna you're gonna get you gotta yeah. do that for the movies and shit. Like, well, we got Logan <laughs> that comes out there. We got Wonder Woman that comes comes out here. Then Spider Man. Oh fuck! I forgot Spider Man comes out here. Shit. <laughs> Episode eight comes out here. Fuck. <laughs> and random movies my wife wants to see. I gotta throw those in there too. Yeah, like, you know, maybe if I have enough. Right, exactly. That's what you got to say. Like, oh, babe, you know what? I, I, I thought it was uh, budgeted better, but you know what? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just seems like I'm not gonna have enough money to take you to the movies. So, I'm gonna go check out uh, Wonder Woman. So, check you later. Right. <laughs> leave Deuces. the leave the kids and everybody at home. They're like, oh, I only have enough for one. So, peace. <laughs> so my um my one awesome thing. I'm going to read this real quick. It was really cool when I saw this. But uh, Suicide Squad director David Ayer uh, has come forward to admit that he, if he could go back and do things differently, he would have made Joker the main villain in the last year's DC movie. Uh, quote, would I do a lot of things different? Yep, for sure. 
Ayers said in a reply to a fan on Twitter who called his movie a masterpiece. Well, I mean, it was good, but I don't know. I don't know about masterpiece. masterpiece. Um, after, after thanking, he ain't going to get that free DVD, dude. That's <laughs> right. Calm down. Um, he said he really tried to make something different with a lot, with a look and a voice of its own. In retrospect, Ayer said he wished he could go back and do things differently. Wish I had a time machine. I'd make Joker the main villain and engineer a more grounded story. Um, after acknowledging the film's shortcomings and, and the criticism it received, Ayer said he was happy to have the opportunity to make the film and said he planned to do right by DC fans next time. I love making movies and I love DC. I'm lucky to have the job I have. I have to give the characters the stories and plots they deserve next time. So I thought that was pretty dope that he could be so candid and just be like, you know what? I mean, it was cool. I'm, I'm happy with what I did, but if I could go back, I would have did a little differently. Right. And I kind of agree with exactly what he said. I think the movie would have been a million times. I, I still enjoyed the movie, right. but I think that the movie would have been a million times better if Joker was the villain because the, the softest point for the movie for me was the villain. Yeah, I think the villain was just, let's just have some kind of event happening so they have to get together. Right. Like that's what it felt, you know. What I was, but if the Joker was a villain, it would have been dope. Right. Well, that was the thing. Like uh, one of the things that I I, I listen, you know, one of the podcasts that I was listening to was talking about they they labeled this one of the worst of 2016, the the Suicide Squad. And they were talking in the, you know, and some of the stuff I laughed at, but some of the stuff like this one particular point um rang true to me because I always kind of thought this myself is like you have a sorceress being the main villain, why are you getting a group of people that only one of them has supernatural powers? Right. You know, it, it, and I was like, going, you know, that's true because if you're going to have that type of group, why wouldn't you have Joker? And then it would have been more compelling for Harley and the Joker because, you know, Puddin, and then you have to capture him, that puts her in kind of a dilemma and, and you know, and, and all of that. Or, you know, just something, yeah, a little more grounded. I think it probably would have been a little more of a compelling, especially for given some of these guys, you know, like. And I really enjoyed, um, uh, what's his name? Jared Leto's um, Joker. I did. Like mm -hmm. the overall look of it, it could have been a little different for me, but I think his portrayal was great. Right. Like it was a different, it was the, it was really, it was the, um, the version of the Joker we've seen in the comic kind of where, He's the mob boss, but he's also just kind of a fucking, he's unhinged, yeah. you know, and, and I, I dug it. You know? I think what, what um, turned a lot of people off for the Joker was just the physical look. I was compelled by the way he played it and the character he was, because to me that rang like the Joker, but I think it was, it was more of his physical look, like all the tattoos and the grill and, you know, I think they just right. try to make it a little too, I don't know, I don't want to say hip or something like that or too cool or whatever, you know. But um, I think that I think. But there are versions. There are, if you really look at him, and I'm not trying to give excuses, but if you really look at him, there are. He's kind of a mashup of a lot of different versions yeah. from some one-offs and some uh, some alternate universe kind of kind of um, ones. And and I think that I think they did a good job. It was a little heavy on the uh, on the tattoos, of course. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Right. It wasn't that big of a deal. That people were fucking like melting the internet about. Yeah. But you know, whatever. <laughs> Just how people are, really. Yeah. All right. So, on that note, I think uh, we jump into some headlines. 
Not even four and a half years after launch, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will be the final first-party title to come to the system, uh, meaning the Wii U. This is confirmed by Nintendo of America president Reggie Phils. I mean, I can never, I don't even know if I've ever pronounced that dude's name right. Uh, yeah, he's got a weird name. Yeah. Who spoke to Polygon about the Switch launch event in New York City Friday. Quote, for from a first party standpoint, there is no new development coming after launch of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wind, he said. And we really are at the end of life for Wii U. Uh, Reggie said that Wii U titles will continue to be sold at retail and on the Nintendo eShop, and the company has not begun any discussion for sunsetting online services for the console. <laughs> Probably yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Quote, From our standpoint, sunsetting is quite some time in the, into the future. The ongoing activity from an online standpoint on Mario Kart and Splatoon is significant. We're going to continue to support that. That may include... Project Giant Robot, a codename for the uh, Sengri Miyamoto-produced tech demo that first appeared alongside Star Fox Zero at E3 2014. Since then, the project hasn't been seen since, aside from appearing on Nintendo's quarterly upcoming game slate distributed to shareholders with a to-be-determined next to its name. The game involved using the Wii U gamepad accelerometer and gyroscope to control a large robot robot and knock over your opponent. In March of last year, Miyamoto told Time Project Giant Robot was something we started as a second project, and unfortunately we haven't decided to turn that into a full game. Polygon has reached out to Nintendo to confirm the fate of the tech demo. Another demo called Project Guard was shown at the same time, and that became Star Fox Guard, a pack-in game included with Zero that mutated the tower defense formula. Players needed to use security cameras to stop a wave of enemies from attacking their base. And let's see. And that pretty much seems to be the end of it. Uh, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild comes to Wii U and the Switch on March 3rd. I mean... I swear, if they if they cut the Wii U price in half, I'd buy it. Still buy it, yeah. Yeah. I would buy I mean, it. Right now, it's ridiculous. Right now, it's the same price as the fucking Switch. Right. But if it was, if it was like, I think, 150 Yeah. They they came out with like a like a fucking oh here's the last bundle one I would I pick it up because there's there's a lot of games on there yeah you know so why not you know what I mean for something cheap yeah and I, and I spoke to and uh, a buddy of mine who is a Nintendo fanboy you know he uh, he was saying he goes there's I have no need to buy the Switch at this point he goes I mean a lot of the stuff's still on the Wii U and he goes and nothing's really out there to compel him to get it, especially since Legend of Zelda is going to come on the Wii U. He goes, I don't really need anything. He goes, and Mario Kart is already there, so, you know, because I have no... That's kind of my... It. That's where I'm stuck, too. Like, I don't have... So the obvious choice would probably be asked by Switch, because I don't have a Wii U. But then I'm sitting here looking at the at the launch titles for the year, and I'm like, there ain't much coming out. And all the accessory prices now. And on the accessory price out of fucking control, so I'm thinking maybe I it'd be best for me to buy a Wii U. Yeah. Because I because with me it's not just me. I'm thinking about my kids too. Right. My kids are gonna want a lot of games with this and that and the other thing. They already got a big fat fucking lineup on the Wii U. Mario Maker is something that's got all my kids hyped up, and that's oh, not yeah. they haven't even spoken about that for Switch. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just get this Wii U. I told my wife, she's like, 
yeah, but you said it's the same price as a Switch. I'm like, yeah, but the games aren't. I can go to GameStop yeah. and I can get fucking games for like pennies on the dollar for the Wii U. Pretty much, yeah. And that's you know, really so and that's like, really the thing. I mean, a lot of people, even the difference between the Legend of Zelda, between Birth of the Wild for the Wii U and the Switch, it's not that much different. Exactly. And I I dig I still dig the Wii U's like screen controller. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. You know, it's just they didn't utilize it in many games. Right. But um, I like it in Mario Kart because it shows the map. Yeah. It's stupid, but I mean, it's <laughs> it's just little stuff like that. But I'm thinking about maybe doing that because I know that. Throughout the year, once the Switch releases, you have a Wii U, the games for the Wii U, the accessories for the Wii U, all that shit's going to go fucking down quick. Oh, yeah. It's going to be dirt cheap. And to have as like a, a mainly a kid's console, forget it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, And the Switch, to me, the Switch, as much as Nintendo is kids around kids, the Switch seems more like someone for me. Because yeah. that whole mobile thing, like pick it up and take. I don't want my kids picking that fucking thing up. Well, that's what I'm I was going to break it. You yeah, because um, when I was out with my friends, you know, we were talking about um, we were talking about the Switch, and talking about just you know how much is it going to work? You know, what are we looking at? You know, and as far as as games and then pricing and stuff like that, and it it really came down to like, well. You know, there's really nothing really compelling to buy for the Switch. And that the Switch, you know, with the accessories, and we were talking about the accessories, and I go, and the launch titles, I go, I mean, there's really not a whole lot compelling to that. And the price, and I guarantee you, because this happened with the Xbox One uh, when they brought the Slim out, or whatever, you know, with the Xbox Slim, within a month before the launch of the Slim, there was a price drop. So... I'm I'm thinking that's that's where we're going there. So, I mean, to me to be honest, I'm kind of thinking the same thing like I could just go buy a shitload of Wii U games, buy the Wii U at a price break and I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's just no there's just no real um there's no real incentive unless you're hey, if you want to switch, by all means. You know what I mean? Like for the Nintendo fanboys out there and stuff like that, the, the Switch is going to be great. But just if I'm thinking about it financially and logically for my situation, I don't see – I was hyped up about it. I was like, oh, the Switch is dope. I'm going to grab this as soon as it gets out. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, is it really worth it? Yeah. You know, And we're going to be paying $60 for, the, for, for each game. We're going to be paying – you know, the typical – I'm not knocking Nintendo. It's the typical stuff. Sixty dollars for each game, and then you also they, you have to pay for the online service now. And just I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I was trying to remember what my point was for everything that I just I had just said, but n- now I remember was when you had mentioned about it being um, not a kids console because I because we were talking about that, and I go, I go, well, if you remember the launch trailer, there was no kids in sight. No, I go, there were no kids in that video. All the kids, they were basically about our age, you know, people that grew up playing these games. That's who it's made for. It's not made for the kids because they were talking about like the technology and the controllers and like kid the scene, the way the kids handle them. I'm thinking it's not made for them. Yeah, so I'm still I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, but I don't know. I've I've just been thinking about it. Like, is it is it really worth it to get a switch right at launch? Like, I think waiting until the holidays is probably better. Yeah. That's just me. No, I, I mean agree. the only the only game that's really worth playing on the Switch is going to be Zelda, and as cool as Zelda looks, <laughs> like you're going to be paying three hundred dollars for a Zelda machine. Right. That's all you're really going to be doing. 
you know, and it, and and all that means is that the the first game for a while is going to be a single player game when I'm in a household full of kids. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So yeah. whatever. But moving right along, some good news. Um, Rogue One, said a little independent movie that came out last year. I don't know if anybody saw it. Obscure little movie. Right. Um, has crossed two major box office thresholds in the early weeks of 2017 with its domestic gross cross crossing 512 five Jesus Christ 512.2 million and international gross crossing one the 1 billion mark it's like fucking frozen all over again. <laughs> as of January 22nd as of January 20 oh they spelt it with a they put 22 th <laughs> that's 22nd 22nd um, the, <laughs> the first Star Wars standalone film has made uh, 1.011 billion worldwide. That makes it that makes it not only the fourth the fourth 2016 movie to cross the one billion mark, but also the fourth Disney movie to be so successful. Captain America: Civil War, Finding Dory, and Zootopia also uh, made more than a billion worldwide. Zootopia made that much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Zootopia a- to me, like I saw it, it was a good movie, but. It, it seemed like everyone stopped talking about it really fast. Yeah, but it, it still a lot of people went to go see it, and a lot of people mm-hmm. bought it too. Um, with the Jungle Book edging close to nine hundred sixty-six point <laughs> six million, <laughs> edging. Um, Rogue One also received recently claimed uh, the titles of the high the title of the highest grossing film of two thousand sixteen domestically, edging out reigning champ champions Finding Dory at four hundred eighty-six million. And Captain America: Civil War, 408 million. Basically, Disney owns everything. Right. Um, the success of Rogue One mirrors the success of 2015 Star Wars: The Force Awakens. While The Force Awakens had a much more explosive box office run, 936 million domestically and 2.068 billion worldwide. <laughs> uh, both Disney Star Wars films were the highest-grossing movies of, of the years they were released. And don't expect that status quo to change in the near future. There was some question of whether a standalone Star Wars movie would have as much success as one of the main sequels. But Rogue One's box office traction proves that it's a brand audiences will flock to. Disney currently has a Star Wars movie coming out early out early year through 2020. Every year. I'm sorry. This fucking... What's the I, font. What's IGN The font was too small. No, because I had, I had the... Um, the window only half of my screen. Oh, yeah. So it brought the font down, and I'm, like, squinting to look at it. Nah. Uh, <laughs> um, so be- between sequels like Star Wars Episode Eight and anthology movie and anthology movies like the upcoming Han Solo flick, uh, Star Wars is going to be a box office. Uh, Stalwart? Yeah. Stewart? St- Stalwart. Stalwart. Okay. I would say fixture. But... Yeah. Well, somebody's using it. Somebody's using uh, a, a thesaurus at this point. Okay, um, and the rest is whatever. So, um, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah. For one, I mean that's extremely impressive. Well, this was a big and, gamble for for Disney because a standalone movie you gotta kind of you know figure out it's not going to do as much as the as the main sh- movies and you know see how it turns out. But yeah. So, yeah, but the, but the set that's, this sets a this sets a high bar though for them. Because you know, now it's gonna be like, oh, it didn't make as much as uh as uh, Suicide, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, Rogue One, 
you know, but oh yeah, yeah. shit. It'll give the internet something to talk about when that Han Solo movie comes out. Everyone's gonna see that Han Solo. Movie. Oh yeah. Well, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three is coming to Xbox One and Play and Windows PC via Steam on March seventh. Capcom announced. The crossover fighting game was re-released on the PlayStation 4 in December. The digital release on Xbox One and PC will cost $24.99. Capcom says it will also release a physical version of Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 on March 7th for PlayStation and Xbox One. That quote-unquote limited edition physical release will cost $29.99 and will come with an exclusive comic featuring original art from Marvel artist Sean Chen. Iron Man and Nova, and Gerardo Sandoval, Venom, and the New Avengers. The comic Capcom said on its blog will tell, quote, the story of two colliding universes featuring some of the most iconic Marvel and Capcom characters in its 10 full page pages of action-packed story, end quote. The physical release is listed as exclusive to GameStop and EB Games. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was first released in 2011, but was pulled from digital stores in 2013. A new game in the franchise, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, is coming later this year. That fighting game is pretty powerful. I, I was always Spider-Man in the arcade version. Oh yeah, yeah, so was I. Because <laughs> if you were good at if you were good at Spider-Man, nobody touched. You. Yeah, he was too fucking quick. He was. <laughs> Bitches. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I was like, going, oh, man. Yeah, I forgot about that game. Hmm. Now it's like going, mm, maybe I'll grab that one. Because it's always cool to have a fighting game. But then when a buddy comes over, you're like, hey, you want to play Marvel vs. Capcom? Fuck yeah. And you know you low-key fucking practicing so that when that time comes, you smack the shit out right. of them. Suddenly it's like. That's me. Suddenly it's like. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, I don't even play this game, though. It's on my shelf. You want to check it out? No, that's the shit out that's of when you buy two copies. And then you go like, oh, you have that yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, I got this one in shrink wrap. Hold on. Let me get this out of the shrink wrap. See, now you can be extra sneaky because you can buy the store one and then just fucking buy the digital one, too. Right, right. <laughs> and, if you have, and if you have two consoles, play one on the one on the PlayStation so it doesn't show up on your Xbox, you know, when you throw it in there. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, Shit. So... I actually just read this today and I was kind of excited about it. So a limited series based on Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's apocalyptic novel, Good Omens, is heading to Amazon. Um, the First of all, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett are fucking awesome authors. The late Terry Pratchett, I should say. Yeah, I was going to say, um, didn't he die? <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're both... I, I'm actually reading, finally getting around to reading his... Um, what is it called? His fucking... It's like a spoof on fantasy books, basically. But they're all on a plate that's floating on a turtle. People who know will know right. what I'm talking about. Um, the six-part six hour-long comedy series, which will debut on Amazon Prime Video in 2018, is being written by Gaiman, who is also on board as showrunner. BBC Studios is... I swear is I thought you were going to say Gaiman. I, I probably was. Mm-hmm. We just did that Star Wars podcast, and he's got me fucked up. Um, you mean Star Trek? Whatever. We just did the Star Wars article, <laughs> and that's got me fucked up. Um, <laughs> let's just let's keep on task here. <laughs> Jesus. BBC Studios is co-producing with 
Neretivia, Neretivia and the Blank Corporation. Uh, following its release on Prime Video, this series will air on the BBC in the UK. That's kind of cool. Um, first of all, this book is great. It's one of my favorite books. Um, Good Omens tells an apocalyptic story set in 2018 when the final judgment is set to descend upon humanity. And the the prophetic... Prophetic or prophetic? Prophetic. Yeah. (laughs) It just (laughs) sounded too much like pathetic. (laughs) Pathetic. Uh, Books titled The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutterwich has foretold that the world will end next Saturday. Per Amazon Studios' plot description, quote, the armies of good and evil are amassing, Atlantis is rising, and tempers are flaring. Everything appears to be going according to divine plan, except Astrophail, a somewhat fussy angel, and Crowley, a fast-living demon, both of whom have lived among Earth's mortals since the beginning and have grown rather fond of their lifestyle. Are not, actually, are not actually looking forward to the coming war. And someone seems to have misplaced the Antichrist. <laughs> a film based on Gaiman and Pratchett's novel was said to be in early development several years ago, but has yet to see the light of day. Good Omens isn't the only novel by Gaiman uh, that is getting adapted for television as a series based on American Gods is slated uh, to premiere on Stars later this year. So... Let me flesh this out a little bit more. Good omens. So you have there's a there's the demon Crowley and that angel, and they're like they're friends, okay. And there's this whole there's this whole thing where they have jobs to do. Like Crowley has to do evil shit, mm-hmm. and the angel has to do ba- good shit, and it's to preserve this balance, you know. And there's basically some fucking the bosses are like it's it's very corporate in the way. They, they operate which is kind of funny like especially um the um demon world is very like papers were filed and stupid shit like that Mm -hmm. and um they don't want the end to come so they're trying to stop it and then people are trying to stop them from stopping it and yes they misplaced the antichrist no one can find the fucking antichrist (laughs) um so it's 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 one of those and it follows very much in a pratchett style of writing where it's all over the fucking place. Like you'll, you'll be in a chapter and you'll, you'll be reading. And then Pratchett always used to do this where the next, you're reading a story and then the next paragraph and I'll say, meanwhile, a thousand miles away, it'll be something completely fucking random. And then the next paragraph, it goes back. Right. You're like, what? (laughs) But that little random part might be in the next coming chapters or something. It's fucking crazy. So I'm super excited about this. Um, and with Gaiman on board, I'm sure they'll do a good job. Um, I'm surpr- I think six, they'll be able to get it done in six hour long episodes. I'm sure. I'm glad they're not making it into a full series because it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. But they could have. Right. Always remember they could have. <laughs> Every time they could have. But they I, it's glad that they didn't, but they could have. They could have. <laughs> All right. So. I guess on that note, uh, we can dip into our discussion topic. Mm. That beat got me <laughs> feeling some kind of way. I know, right? You're just sitting there like going, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Remix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
so this week, um, this is actually a two-pronged reason, but uh, uh, we normally do our pull our pull list this week, but um, I'm not going to mention any names, but someone fell behind. Um, okay. <laughs> and two, I actually was going to do the story of the potential announcement as one of my headlines, but because I didn't think it would actually be released prior to the show. So probably about, about um, an hour before we started recording, they actually released the reasoning as to what happened with the Galaxy Note 7's battery. So with that, I figured that was a good enough discussion for us to kind of talk about and then, you know, kind of dissect it a little bit and then uh, and then move on with that. But hopefully next week we'll be able to get back to the pull list. Um, so, uh, yeah. So this is coming from The Verge. And um, the reason I chose this article because it kind of fit a little better into the way we, we talk and, and it discuss this thing. So I didn't want it to be like 80 minutes of me just droning on about this uh, article. So here we go. This is from The Verge. Samsung has finally released the results of its inquiry it commissioned into exactly what went wrong with the Galaxy Note 7 and it claimed smartphone that had to be pulled from the market entirely last year after widespread reports of fires caused by the device. The company says there are two separate flaws in the Galaxy Note 7's battery. The first battery had a design flaw in the upper right corner that could have caused a short circuit, according to Recode, while the second battery, used for replacement units, had a malfunctioning issue, a manufacturing issue that could have led to fires because of a welding defect. Some units of the second battery were also missing insulation tape. Samsung conducted an investigation with 700 dedicated staff testing 200,000 phones and 30,000 extra batteries, also commissioning three outside firms, UL, Exponent, and TUV, Rhineland, and ended up with finding similar results. Last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that the initial batch of issues was caused by an irregularly sized battery from Samsung's own battery subsidiary, Samsung SDI. The subsequent ramp-up in production caused issues with replacement phones said because to be cause carrying batteries from Amperex technology. Recode's interview with Samsung officials corroborated this information. Quote, we believe if not for the manufacturing issue on the ramp of battery B, the Note 7 would still be in the market, Samsung's U.S. head Tim Baxter says. Earlier this month, Samsung Electronics issued earnings guidance predicting its biggest profit in three years with nearly doubling the operating profit of the same period a year ago. The company is set to report the, con uh, the confirmed results tomorrow. Samsung's press conference is, oh, it was ongoing and blah, blah, blah. Um, what I also read in another article was um, the, uh, the batteries that were used for this device were custom batteries. They weren't the standard batteries because everybody kept saying, well, why is it this? And like the regular Note is, um, I mean, the regular um, Galaxy 7 is not having the same issue is because these batteries were custom made for this device. Um, I don't know if you could, if you clicked on the link, but it shows uh, the abnormal issues in the battery. And if you click on the link too, uh, you can, it'll take you to the article where you see like the, the layout of it and you can see the abnormal and normal and the negative electrodes was defected in the upper right hand corner of the battery when they should have been actually just sitting straight they were kind of almost looks like they were forced wedged in there and then the tribute tribute on um, the additional contributing factor 
the tips of the negative electrodes was incorrectly located in the curve, um, not the planar area, which in the correct one, the tips of the negative electrode is correctly located within the planar area. You can see it's kind of, looks like it was kind of a cut a little long. And then of course they show you the, um, the situation battery B with the insulation not being in, the, in that battery. And uh, looks like the welding burrs on the positive electrode resulted in the penetration of the insulation tape and separation and separator, which then caused direct contact between the positive tab and the negative electrode, which is always ends badly anytime you have negative and positive connecting. Um, and the reason for the, and in another article that I read that said about the uh, battery B issue was because Samsung was rushing to get it out as a replacement. Which, of course, anytime you have somebody rushing things out, you're going to have an issue. So, your thoughts, sir? My thoughts, um, it, I mean, it, the, the problem makes sense, but it <laughs> seems like, why didn't we see this before the phones went out? Right. Because it seems like something that would easily be caught in quality. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, okay, thank you, you know, for telling me what was wrong with it. <laughs> right. I guess, but it, it's it's just weird that such a big company would have such a simple problem. Yeah, because you know, what one of the things that that struck me as interesting on this when I read that was the fact that didn't we hear them saying they weren't able to replicate the problem? Like it was yeah. so much of a, oh, we don't know. We, we can't replicate this issue. We don't know. We don't know what the issue is. And then it's like, oh, but it wasn't the battery, which is what they kind of kept saying. But now suddenly, yeah, it was the battery. And uh, yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, it sounds like all that couldn't replicate the issue thing was a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Until they figured out what was going on. But it's just like, I don't know. It just seems like such a stupid thing to be overlooked. Yeah, because, and here's the thing is, is like a lot of people were talking about the battery, but the thing was, is that I can't remember what article I read that on, but somebody was stating that these were custom batteries for the Note 7. And we kind of, we kind of said, we kind of um, assumed that too. Yeah. I remember when we were first talking about this, like these must be different batteries because yeah, the other phones Exactly, because yeah, because when, um, it, it, yeah, because one of the shows last year, we were, yeah, we talked about that going like, well, there has to be something different because if they're, you know, we kind of suspected there was something different because why is it not happening on the Note Sevens and anything, any other battery and any other of the other phones below that? But why is it just happening on the Note and not the Note Six? But now suddenly it's like, oh, okay, so it was something right. you guys did. It, it 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 feels like even though we would never have gotten this from them, it their their whole big thing in the beginning felt very Apple to me. Yeah, I agree. Because in, in this particular thing, it's like, yeah, it was welding defects and stuff like that. It's like, you couldn't have done it to, in the beginning. Like, it kind of felt in a way that they were pretty much kind of, we're trying to save face. We don't want to kill sales, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, well, we've taken the phone off the market. Everything is, you know, um, everything's kind of out there. So now we can just kind of, we're kind of far removed from that. And they've already, you know, um, basically killed the phones by not allowing them to uh, to charge again. Uh, so it's kind of like, okay, now we'll just let it out there. Yeah. Now that we can't be blamed for anything anymore, <laughs> we'll, we'll start being honest. Right. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. 
because my gut my gut reaction is like you know i really should be looking for a different company to for a phone yeah but then it's like it was your own company <laughs> right but then it's like i don't know because it's the only time they've ever done anything like this. it's just so bad yeah how they how they're handling it you know and i don't know yeah i mean i i i did felt the same way that it was just like in the beginning, they were doing this, that, and the other thing, and it just felt very, very much of a, of an Apple process. And and before, you know, you Apple people go, oh, Apple never. No, when they have issues, they never really tell you what happened. Yeah. Like, oh, this the the, the their batteries was draining because of a glitch, and that's all you need to know. And it's kind of like, I think we kind of need to know. And granted, people that use Apple products generally don't like thinking when they use a smart device, so it makes sense that they wouldn't tell them because then it'd just be, it'd be all, you know, Greek um, to them. So they wouldn't understand what the hell's going on. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. Just there's other phone companies out there, I guess, if you're really jaded by this, right. you know, so. Well, let me see here. I'm going to pull up the, um, uh, I'm pull up the recode article here and let's see what recode has to say. I'm just going to, I guess I'll just kind of read their thing. Um, Samsung has an answer for what went wrong on the Galaxy Note 7, but it may not be very satisfying one. After months of investigating, Samsung is pinning all the blame on two separate battery flaws, insisting nothing was wrong with the phone itself. For those who have been living under a rock, okay, we've got the, okay, so that's just a recap. Uh, quote, it was very painful period, but in a couple of months, we learned a lot. Samsung mobile head DJ Cole told Recode an interview at Samsung's Mountain View, California offices. Samsung said it's in its investigation, which involves 700 dedicated staff testing and 200,000 phones and 300,000 batteries, blah, blah, blah. In response to its findings, Samsung is adding several steps to its testing process for the lithium ion batteries it used and forming a battery advisory board. Hmm. Now you're doing that? Uh, <laughs> quote, I wish that this serves as an opportunity to improve safety on lithium ion, not only for Samsung, but the entire industry, Coast said, adding that Samsung takes responsibility for all the components in its phone, including batteries made by other Samsung subsidiaries and those brought from outside companies. For those who want to get a bit nerdy, here's what Samsung says was wrong with each battery. Oh, good. For the first battery, Samsung says the design flaw in the upper right-hand corner of the battery was made by electrodes prones to bend and in some cases led to a breakdown in the separation between the negative and positive tabs causing a short circuit with the second battery which came from a separate supplier samsung believes there was nothing wrong with the design itself but says the manufacturing issue led to a welding defect that prompted the battery to also short circuit and ignite well how is that not a uh, nothing wrong with the design itself but then the manufacturing issue well, wouldn't that kind of be two of the same thing? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Look, it looked like the design was fucked to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, if it was, the design was okay, but the manufacturing, well, well, then that, that means that because of the design led to the with a welding defect, I mean, that's just how I would look at it. Samsung yeah. said that its design for the Note 7, while demanding on its battery suppliers, was not unreasonable or the reason why the batteries failed. The issues with battery B, Samsung said, were tied to the fact that the supplier tried to quickly increase its production after battery A was pulled off the market. Quote, we believe if not for that manufacturing issue on the ramp of the battery B, the Note 7 would still be on the market. Samsung Electronic America, Electronics America head Tim Baxter told Recode. 
the key question now is whether consumers will find Samsung's answers and proposed changes convincing enough to restore their trust. Samsung promises to continue both its Galaxy and Galaxy Note products families and said it will continue to innovate even if it ensures a higher priority for safety uh, for product safety. The company is expected to introduce the Galaxy S8 in the coming weeks and it and if it follows past practices the note the next great Galaxy Note will come in the fall. The company says all forthcoming phones will go through the new eight-step battery testing procedures. Um, I have the same graphics on here too. I I kind of call a little bullshit mm. because when you're saying, "Oh, it's not the design; it was the welding defect that prompted it," but but meaning the welding defect would have in, impacted it because possibly the design. But then also, if it's a welding defect, how do you not notice? Like, you don't make, like, 20 phones and then test them out. Yeah, and it kind of... You know what I mean? No, oh, I, I totally know exactly what you mean. And here's another thing, too. When you're going into that, you're sitting there saying that, oh, it was um, the... the uh, What was the, the line that, that got me? It was the issue with battery B, Samsung said, were tied to the fact that the supplier tried... To quickly increase its production after battery A was pulled off the market. Well, a supplier wouldn't do that unless they were perfect were getting pressured from the client, which therefore would be Samsung. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so you're kind of throwing battery the outside battery supplier under the bus because you probably said, We need to get this battery fixed. Just do it. Send it out. It's just the whole situation sounds like something a fucking really shitty company would do. <laughs> right. And it sucks because I like Samsung. I do too. And and to kind of see that. And I, and at, at the same token, I mean, we could sit there and, and I'm sure we'll see articles after this about, you know, everybody, you know, this is why you should switch to Apple or, you know, or, or whatever. Go get your Nokia um, bar phone again. Um, it. it this is the first time that we've come across this particular issue. I mean, remember we've had iPhones that exploded on people and that never became a big issue. You know, you know, Samsung, this is the first time we've ever had a major issue like this. So you could kind of say, okay, I'm willing to kind of give, give you the benefit of the doubt. I think it would be different if we had a, let's say, you know, every other phone did this. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just so fucking, it's just so fucking weird. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's such a sloppy fucking situation to be in, you know, and it, 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 all the explanations, like, yes, they told you what the problem was. And I believe that's what the problem was. Right. But, but why that didn't get through quality and why that was given to the public. Yeah. I'm lost on that. (laughs) So. Yeah, I totally I agree with that, and it and it really sounds like they're just <clears throat> Samsung saying it wasn't us; it was a subsidiary of us, which i.e. means we're detached from them. And then it was an outside supplier, so we can kind of throw them under the bus because we're probably not going to do business with them anyway. So here we go. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see if if people go with you know the Note Eight and 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 kind of see what happens from there. I could see the Note 8 sales suffering, at least in the beginning. Yeah. 
I think people are going to definitely wait longer, like wait to be an adopter of that until they see like, um, you know, like that meme you sent me, you know, when you wake up in the morning, damage report, you kind of, you got to want to, they're going to be like, all right, we're in a week four and none of the phones have melted. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Cause you're sitting there going, okay, yeah, we're in week six and it looks like, oh, we may have had, oh no, that was just the guy's, um, that was the, uh, the dude's, uh, fuck, what do you call those? E-cigarette. Okay. That wasn't. <laughs> right, right, right. See, it happened thing, to be next to a Samsung, but it was the e-cigarette that blew up. <laughs> the thing that sucks, though, is that something like this is bad for the entire industry. Yeah. Because it makes people not be so complacent about the technology, and they go, oh, shit, phones can do that? Yeah. You know, and then they think about it more. And see, here's, the, know, thing, so. and here's the one thing that most people aren't going to understand, unless, you know, people like us and, and people that listen to us, is the ion battery is the only battery really that's can handle this kind of stuff. There's people out there trying to find something, but it's just, you know, it's, it's the, the lithium ion is really kind of the only device out there. And granted it is prone to, to, cause app, um, iPhones use that too, you know, and they can, you know, they, they can do that. They, that, that thing, those things can happen. But the fact that, these batteries were specifically made for the Note 8. They weren't the actual regular ones that we get on all the other phones. I think that's going to be lost in a lot of things. And a lot of people are going to kind of say, so oh, it uses that kind of, isn't that the battery that exploded? You know, and, and I Yeah, think, but it's like every phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be like, uh, yeah, every phone's going to be that way. But, you know, I, I think that's where, I think I think that's going to that's gonna hurt it too. But who knows? It could push people to, you know, ramp up and say like, hey, Instead of using the lithium ion, use these guys. So, yeah, or push a safer technology. I know a lot of people have been fucking with battery because battery tech hasn't really changed in, since the sixties. Oh yeah, yeah, not <laughs> it's at just all. Get, gotten better, you know, but it's it's the same basic function. Right. And I know a lot of people have been messing with some other some other ways, and and they've actually had some. I can't remember what it's called, but there was one that had. It was a weird fucking battery but it it lasts like fucking 600 times longer some crazy <laughs> shit you know so it probably um, cost eight million dollars too <laughs> right so it's definitely um you know there's other ways of doing it it's just it's one of those technologies where lithium ion comes out it works and everyone's like well it, okay like there's no reason to do anything else right you know it's doing exactly what we needed to do yeah. you know but it would be nice to have a phone that lasted longer than a fucking day. Yeah. And like, God forbid you forget to plug your phone in at night. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> oh man, that happened to me the other day where I plugged my phone and went to bed and then I woke up and I'm like, why is my phone at 14%? And but I didn't have the charger all the way connected. Yeah. You know, and you're like, fuck me, dude. So I had to run, I fix, run over to my wireless charger and kind of leave it there and hope that works. I fixed that problem. Oh yeah. I uh, bought a charger and keep it at my office. Yeah. <laughs> and then just plug it in when I'm at my desk. I want to, I'm going to buy one of those wireless chargers for my desk at work. I leave work a hundred percent. Oh yeah. We're all at a hundred percent when we leave work. <laughs> yeah. Right. right, right. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, on this particular topic, I mean, you know, we, we, we've got the reasoning and you know, it is kind of a shit show as far as the explanation and, and the rationale for this. But you gotta remember too that, you know, they've had these and they're 
wording it in a way that doesn't reflect badly on Samsung, where if you actually can sense bullshit, which we do, <laughs> you it, it is in Samsung's court. It really is. Um, if you have any if you have any questions, thoughts, or um, or uh, opinions on this, which I'm sure you do because you're the internet, um, let us know. Hit us up at our mailbag, uh, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com, and um, let us know what you think, and then we'll talk about the we'll talk about some of your responses on next week's show. So on that note, time for some douchebaggery. So my douchebag of the week comes from the Huffington Post. Um, and uh, all right, so here we go. The DMV has driven one man to do something extraordinary. On December 11th, Nick Stafford pushed five wheelbarrows full of loose coins into the, DM, the Department of Motor Vehicles in Lebanon, Virginia, according to a statement he made on, the company's, on his company's website. Stafford, who has been fighting with the DMV for months, decided to pay $2,987.14 in taxes on his car with $200,908,748 pennies. <laughs> um, the facility's automated coin counting machine couldn't handle the load, and employees were forced to count the one 1,548 pounds of change by hand. Stafford said that he arrived at the DMV at 9 a.m. Wednesday and the staff was not done counting the pennies until early Thursday morning, the BBC reports. The whole thing stemmed from a long-standing grudge against the department. Quote, You may ask why go through all this trouble, Stafford wrote on his website. In 2016, I paid nearly 300000 just in state and federal income taxes, and I have zero tolerance for any government employee refusing to allow the laws of the Commonwealth. That's why. In September, Stafford tried to call his local DMV to ask why he calls a 30-second question about where to register his car and pay the sales tax since he owns multiple houses in the area. The phone number listed online put him on hold for over an hour. A direct line to the Lebanon DMV wasn't listed online, so he made a Freedom of Information Act request for the number, which he was given. When Stafford called, the person who answered told him he wasn't allowed to call that number and hung up on him. He called the same number repeatedly until he had his question answered, yet to, quote, prove a point, end quote, he called the number again and requested the private unlisted numbers of nine of the other DMV offices in Virginia. The Lebanon DMV refused, so Stafford took him to court. Quote, if they were going to inconvenience me, then I was going to inconvenience them, he told the Bristol Herald Courier. Stafford dropped $165 to file three lawsuits in Russell County General District Court. One lawsuit was against the Lebanon DMV itself, and two were against specific employees. On December 10th, a judge dismissed all the lawsuits when Stafford was provided all the phone numbers in court by a representative from the state's attorney general. Stafford has posted all these numbers on his website. Quote, I think the backbone of our republic and our democracy is open government and transparency in government. And it shocks me that a lot of people don't know the power of the Freedom of Information Act, Stafford told the Herald Courier. Yet Stafford wasn't done. Less than oh. 24 hours later, he collected hundreds of coins of pennies to pay his taxes at the DMV. He then hired 11 people at $10 an hour to help him break open 
<laughs> rolled coins. It took them four hours to do this, costing Stafford $440. He then brought the five wheelbarrows, which cost him another $400. All in all, Stafford spent $1,000, $1,005 to get 10 phone numbers and drop off a bunch of pennies at the DMV. Not to mention the $2,987.14 they had to pay in Texas, which he happily brought to the DMV on Wednesday morning. The DMV has, has to, had to accept this form of payment because the U.S. Coinage Act of 1965 says that the coins are legal tender for all debits, public charges, taxes, and dues. According to Stafford, the employees at the DMV did not cause a fuss. Quote, the DMV employees are being very respectful and accommodating considering the situation, he wrote on his website. They're all dead inside anyway. So I know. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's funny, and I think I think it's funny. He spent so much just to make a point, just to prove a point. <laughs> I mean, because at that particular at that particular time, it's principle, not right. you know, it's 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 nothing else but principle. It's like, like, sir, you could have just wrote us a check and saved yourself money. Yeah, but it's the point. But it's the principle right? that I had to go through all of this shit just to get your numbers that are unlisted. It's like, what the fuck is that about? Yeah, you know, oh, DMV. Yeah, it's a DMV. What do you want? <laughs> And if you've seen you guys, Utopia, they're all sloths there anyway. <laughs> our our government, our government services sometimes like you'll walk into the DMV or into DES or the Social Security office, and you feel like you just walked into 1992. <laughs> and I'm being nice by saying 1992. <laughs> right. Like it, it just, could be 1882 is, for all we know. I mean, they, they're using computers that don't even run windows most of the time they're so ancient <laughs> they're fucking it's just, everything's so backwards you could see the like, data you, know, you could see the data tape computers in the background you know the the, the memory storage all on data tape my gra- my grandfather took me to the dmv and in arizona your 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 license doesn't expire until your retirement age oh wow. it's kind of weird yeah mine doesn't expire till like 2055 something like that um so <laughs> We go in there, and he hadn't been in there in a while, and I'm, I'm just doing the test for my thing, and everything's super slow, and the computers are super slow, everything, and my grandfather, loud as fuck, goes, hey, I'm curious if you could answer a question for me, and I'm like, what? And he's like, where exactly does that my tax money go? Because it sure <laughs> as hell don't go to this fucking will. <laughs> I was rolling, dude. <laughs> Well, you think about like, it. I mean, you think about it, and like there are no flat screens there. <laughs> there no, they're all uh, uh, what was that? E-machine uh, com- uh, monitors, you know, <laughs> donated by fucking IBM in the eighties <laughs> for your convenience. Hey, this you know? this one's fast. I got it. I I <laughs> I have five hundred and twelve megabyte heart, uh, uh RAM in this bitch. <laughs> it's just it's 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 those kind of situations where you're sitting in a a government office, a facility, which is forward-facing to the public, <laughs> and you're wondering where the fuck does all the tax money go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like You're like, this looks like shit. <laughs> oh, the DES office is really bad. In my in my trying times, I had to go to the DES office a few times. It was, it's, uh, I don't even think there was a computer in there. <laughs> it was abacuses they were, and shit. <laughs> they, no, they were handing me stacks of papers. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, uh okay thought it was the 21st century i must have been confused (laughs) (laughs) whatever can i just do this online (laughs) that's funny sir (laughs) on on what (laughs) i mean you stand in the line (laughs) (laughs) all right so or if i put a tape down you could be 
online. Ooh. <laughs> My douchebag of the week. So, this Brian is a and Jen- <laughs> Right. Brian and Jennifer Butler will never forget their wedding day, though they'd probably like to. This is from Huffington Post, of course. That because, that because Amanda Willis, Jennifer's maid of honor, took away the focus from the bride after getting arrested for numerous charges, including larceny, battery, grand theft of a motor vehicle, and violation of probation. <laughs> um, the butlers of Charlotte County, Florida, of course, Florida, of course, get your act together, <laughs> um, says that- I think everybody's just over Florida now. <laughs> right. Says that, say that Willis behaved herself during their wedding. It it was during the cake ceremony and first dance that she allegedly turned into a maid of dishonor. Ooh, that's a, that's like a that's like a lifetime movie title right there. Right, maid of dishonor, <laughs> starring Jennifer a, Joan Hart. That's a porn. <laughs> that's a porn movie title. <laughs> maid of dishonor, fucking the husband and shit. Yeah. Um, the bride told WBBH TV that she saw Willis drink an entire bottle of fireball by herself fireball? Hey, respect, respect <laughs> wow. dude. Says she was drunk within 20 minutes to half an hour Jesus. Oh, okay uh jennifer butler told the station it was then that the bridemaid zilla <laughs> allegedly set a standard that would be hard to hard for future inappropriate wedding party members to top <laughs> first willis allegedly took the groom's car keys from his pocket and attempted to drive away <laughs> Willis almost ran him over while driving away, according to the arrest affidavit uh, obtained by the Huffington Post. She soon <laughs> she drove to. I'm sorry, her picture her picture distracted me. She drove uh, towards the parking lot while the groom was hanging out the passenger side door. He managed to stop the cab by grabbing grabbing the emergency brake. Other guests wrestled uh, Willis out of the car and back into the reception. Uh, quote, she went back inside well, grabbing a big bottle of Captain the best day of their lives, but in- Jennifer Butler told WBBH-TV. Best man Robert um, Templeton told police he tried to calm down Willis, but she struck him in the head. Uh, <laughs> deputies were called to the scene and took Willis into custody. On the way to the Charlotte County Jail, Willis allegedly banged her head against the divider in the squad car, according to police reports. When the squad car arrived at the jail, police said Willis claimed to be having an asthma attack and lay lay down in the back of the car. And she was about to shake, puke. <laughs> right. Shaking as if she were having a seizure. She was she was then taken to a local hospital where she allegedly exposed herself to deputies and assaulted two EM, EMTs, <laughs> one of whom was over 65. I don't know why that's relevant. Oh, and she kicked over a bedpan, according to the report. Willis I mean, was, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. One of the EMTs was over 65. I don't think you want that particular guy in a high-stress situation. Hey, that's just to show that Trump really does need to make America great again. Because he's <laughs> supposed to be retired. Yeah. <laughs> Willis was taken to the Charlotte County Jail after being charged with grand theft of an auto, two counts battery, and then office of on an officer or firefighter. Uh, battery on a person 65 years old. And that's why it's relevant. I forgot. <laughs> You get a harsher sentence if, yeah. you, if you hurt someone over 65. Um, intentional battery. Uh, petty, petty larceny. Petit larceny. Fucking weird legal words. In the first degree and violation of probation. <laughs> already on probation. 
<laughs> of course she is. Of course she is. She remains she remains behind Baz and Lou of a twenty five thousand dollar bail, which no one is going to pay <laughs> because all of her friends were probably at that wedding. Right. Um. Oh, in case you're wondering, uh, Jennifer Butler said she no longer considers Willis to be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shock! But. Dude, Are that you looking picture, at the article? You I'm, see the picture? Yeah, I see that picture. With the one, one eye looking the other way and the other eye looking straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's white trash at its finest. Oh, my God. Yeah, she looks like this hard living look, man. Oh, uh, shit. I, the look at her face is like, just kill me now. <laughs> I want to die. Like, Jesus. Like, who, first of all, why, how can anyone get so fucking turned up that they behave that way <laughs> you know what i mean like i have never understood that i hear stories from people you know we got some young cats working at my job and they talk about their friend did they, and every time i hear their friend i just think it's them right I just don't say <laughs> yeah i know right and how they're fucking like taking their clothes off in the middle of the street or they're, they're fucking punching people for no reason i'm like why do you drink that much yeah. like how do you not have the because me if i back in the day when i used to you know, I'll, I'll drink at like holidays or something now. But when I, when I used to go out with the friends, there would be that moment where I would have a beer and I'd finish it off. And then I'd, I'd hear in my head a ding, ding, like, <laughs> oh, I think I should calm down. Right. You know what I mean? But nope. <laughs> Some people just don't got that ding, ding going on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's <sighs> funny. And they're not friends anymore. That's sad. I don't consider her my friend. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> You knew she was that fucking. You know crazy what? You know what? We should we should hook her up with the guy with the pennies. Maybe he can straighten her out. Well, that's the thing though, is you know the bride knew she was that fucking crazy, right? Before she decided to invite her to the wedding. Well, no, you she probably she probably got the. No, I'll be fine. I'll be cool. Yeah, because yeah. it's your day. That was just. That's the worst thing to do is to steal the bride's thunder. You never right, do right. that. I know. Last time we went out, I I spit in a cop's face and and pissed on somebody's fucking car some weird shit but and i was and i told bad. you i told you i didn't fuck those homeless guys we were just fooling around <laughs> <laughs> we were just joking <laughs> oh my god dude that's the worst part is you can almost blame the bride just as much too yeah because that you know your friend was that fucked up you know she was <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right well that is it for this episode uh please rate and review the show you can review the show on itunes it'll help us out uh you can catch our back catalog you can check it out on stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, as well as the website thelazygeeks.com follow us on facebook facebook.com slash thelazygeeks or search us out on twitter instagram and snapchat by searching the lazy geeks one word and you can find the links to all our social media hubs through our website thelazygeeks.com uh, personally, you can find me on the internet on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, Instagram middle-aged underscore geek, or check out my blog themiddleagedgeek.com. And I'll be hanging out on Twitter, baby. <laughs> Sapien TLG. All right, and uh, be sure to tune in on Friday for uh, our second episode this month of the Away Team, where we talk about the episode, the second episode of season two where silence has lease um or as i call it a green toothless um <laughs> which you'll which you'll get when you listen to the episode 
Um, so yeah, that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.